0: can keep my excitement level condensed enough to not blow this microphone up to not explode this mixer to not oh man hopefully we can keep all of the machinery all of the tools that make edge of your seat podcast happen happen but so excited right now I just left Northbrook School in Mendota. I want to say it's a junior high, but I think they still have younger grades there. I don't know. I haven't been around or not in school. I do have a niece and nephew that are at this school, which I'll get to later because that was an awesome part of this day as well. But it is Veterans Day, an awesome holiday that we should all share because we all know somebody that is in the services, whether it be the National Guard, the Army, the Coast Guard, the Marines, The Air Force, anywhere, thank you for everything you do without citizens like you fighting for our freedoms, our amendments, our everything that we're able to do, the lives that we live without you fighting for them, we don't have that, we don't have that at all, so thank you from the bottom of my heart, I know Tony feels the same way, I'm Brandon LaChance by the way, I always forget to mention myself, I know who I am, I guess I gotta share that with you too. Brandon Lachance, Tony Miles is not here today. He will be back soon. Man, I just can't get over. I don't think I've ever felt this way about a Veterans Day before. I want to thank Riley in Northbrook and Sarah Jahant. It was awesome today. Sarah Jahant is the eighth grade social studies teacher at Northbrook, and she set this up for Riley Klima. Riley Klima is a 2018 Mendota grad. She went to Northbrook she is now at rockford university on the softball team that's how i know her is from softball but she is also in the army she's a member of the army reserves every year i guess northbrook has somebody that is in the armed forces the military from our area the illinois valley come to northbrook and talk to the students so this year jahant had riley clemas step in and, and talk to the kids so fifth grade to eighth grade got to hear riley just do a great speech about, you know, her daily life in in the Army, what her roles are, you know, a couple funny stories, doing push-ups on on gravel, but she shared some with us, so I don't want to get too much into it, because I want her to tell you instead of me. It was just fantastic. She talked about, you know, the heartwarming stuff about, she got on the phone for the first time to call her mom, and she started crying because she missed her family, she missed being home, but she's glad she's doing what she's doing. She said that, you know, I cried, I cried with my mom, but then talking to my mom gave me enough strength to get through until the next phone call. And that I hope the kids, like I said, my niece and nephew, they're in, my nephew's in fifth grade, my niece is in seventh grade. I hope they take that to heart. I hope they understand what it is that Riley and everybody in the services are doing. It was so fantastic and I felt, I'm honored. I'm really honored that I was asked to go Uh, we were asked to write write write-ups for Riley you know just you know kind of sharing some of the characteristics that Riley shown through you know knowing her whether it was softball or in school or whatever you know of duty and selflessness and integrity and and things like that and there was probably about 10 to 12 honorary guests there I was one of them it was amazing I've done a lot of cool things I totally have but I will never forget Veterans Day because of this like, not that I would ever forget Veterans Day. I kind of share my, his, my, I was going to say history, my background with the military. I have family members that were in it. I was in it. Things like that. A lot of people don't know that. But this was really special. Just to see, you know, the kids, they were listening. There wasn't a lot of kids, like, talking and being kids. They, they were listening and they were engaged and it was amazing. I, I really felt like I was part of something special there. So glad I got to attend. At the end, before I get to Riley, though, I do want to say, give a shout out to my niece and nephew. I saw my niece and she walked past me. We, we did the knuckles when I was walking in. And then at the end, she got off the bleachers and was walking into the hallway. And I went up to her and I was like, I love you. And she's like, Uncle B, don't say that here. They all call me Uncle B. And she's like, don't say that. <laughs> it was so funny. I love her. I will, I'm i that uncle. I didn't mean to embarrass her. I'm like, oh, maybe kind of. I will, I will be that uncle. I will say I love you in front of anybody. It does not matter. If something happens to me tomorrow, I'm going to be upset with the ghost in me that I didn't tell her that I love her the last time i seen her. I'm just saying, that's why I do it. I do it to my friends. I do it to my family. I do it to loved ones. I'm going to tell you I love you when I see you, when I'm leaving. I do it in messages. Some people don't say it back because they're like, oh, whatever, dude. Not that they don't care about me or nothing like that, but you know, some people just don't say I love you like that. I do, because I never know where I'm going to go, so I just let people know that. But she was like, Uncle B, don't do that. Don't say that. (laughs) It was funny. The other side of the spectrum, my nephew, who's in fifth grade, asked his teacher if he could come talk to me, gave me a hug. That was amazing. So I'm having all this nostalgic memories, because I went to this school. I would have graduated from there in 2000, but uh, I'm going to tell a secret. I got expelled from Northbrook for getting in fights. I wasn't from there, I didn't talk like people, I obviously didn't have any friends, I was, I was newish, and I, I didn't put up with anybody's stuff. If you wanted to come at me, bro, come at me. <laughs> I'm not like that now, well, I try not to be, but I, I really didn't care, and Tony will tell you, the first time that we met, actually, we said it on the first episode of Edge of Your UFC Podcast, that's how we met. We met, my locker was next to his friend's locker, so him and I had qualms about something, and Tony comes up. And then me and him are, I don't know if you call it wrestling, I know I had my arm around his head and then he pushed me, and that was that. And we've pretty much been friends ever since, like really good, close friends. Or not all fights are bad, but don't do not do it. I was, I was dumb, I was, I was a kid. But you just gotta be bigger, be better. Even as a kid now, be bigger, be better. Fighting back in 2099-98, that was different than it is now. There's no need for it everybody can be cool just go your own way calm down, come back say I'm sorry and then maybe that's your best friend for the rest of your life you have no idea only way for that to happen is for you not to be hard-headed and still want to fight and things like that. I'm done giving messages I just wanted to shout out to my niece and nephew and then I seen them I thought that was really cool. I guess I, I do got to finish the story huh <laughs> finish the secret So yeah I did get kicked out of Northbrook. I went to alternative school in Streeter for a year to get my 8th grade diploma, I guess. And then I went to Mendota High School, finished in four years, didn't even get held behind. Went to college at SIU, doing some podcasts, working at a bank, assistant coach for ivcc that's Illinois Valley Community College Women Basketball Team. So things worked out. But I'm still saying, you don't need to fight as a kid. I really wish I wouldn't have. I wish I wouldn't have got kicked out of Northbrook. I missed some good time there. But all these memories started coming up. This is not about me. This is about Riley. This is about Veterans Day. Just wanted to share my experience going back to Northbrook. I thought it was very well put together. So I'm glad she did this. I am more than honored that I could be there and that I could talk to Riley and that I was even thought of in this situation. So thank you again to all parties involved. Thank you for fighting for us if you're in the armed services. Thank you for fighting for us if you were in the military any part of your life. Even if you thought about it. Like, that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of my heart and from Tony's. But real quick, before I get to Riley, I'm sorry I keep pushing this off. Just want to mention where you can listen to us at. We are on Spotify, Edge of Your Seat Podcast. iTunes, Apple Music at Edge of Your Seat Podcast. We have a Twitter page, Edge of Your CP. Twitter still got to extend that a little bit so we can put the whole name and not just P and put podcast. It's kind of a brand though, right? Well, we're trying to make it that way. We are also on Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast. If you want to catch our archives, all of our shows, we have a website page where everything is there. You can listen to them all. That is podcast.rss.com backslash edge of your seat Podcast. We have talked to Earlville Boys soccer coach Larry Hyden, Hall football players Marshall Walken, Grant Mercedes, Princeton football players Tyler Gibson, Rondé Wuerls. We have talked to the Mendota soccer team. We have, we're, we're trying to talk to everybody. This is for you to have a voice, for us to enjoy talking sports with people that love sports just as much as us. But I loved talking to Riley about everything. We had a great conversation. I am going to stop delaying this awesomeness that I need to share with you. Riley, thank you again very much. I love speaking with you every time we have a chance. We've done a lot of stories together, but I think this might've been our best. I'm not even gonna call this an interview. This was like a friendly chat. I mean, we were just just talking and it was, it was fantastic. Here you go, happy Veterans Day. Thank you again for fighting for us. If you have a family member, a loved one, a friend that is in the military, Tell them that you appreciate them tell them thank you for what they're doing because they deserve it with that enjoy listen to riley edge of urc podcast we'll be back soon all right today is a great holiday it is veterans day In America that is huge for us and I have the pleasure of speaking with somebody I have spoke with quite a few times in my reporting career and I'm here with a great amazing guest I've spoke with many times but this is a special occasion I'm with Riley Klima Riley how are you
1: I'm doing great how are you
0: I'm doing fantastic we just left the Northbrook gym for a special presentation special honor for you just talk about that and exactly why we're here
1: Well, um, I just did a Veterans Day speech for Northbrook Middle School, and I did go to school here. So when Sarah Jahant asked me to come back to do this, I was greatly honored. It was was a great feeling knowing that I am still remembered here and wanted back here to give back to the teachers, the kids, and just basically a part of me just loved it. And it was just, I loved sharing my stories with everyone here.
0: And the share, the stories that she is sharing is you are in the Army now.
1: Yes, I am. Yes, I, um, I've been in for two years now. I left last summer for basic training, and I got back in February. And I am in the reserves, so I'm going to college at the same time, along with playing softball. So I'm very busy, but I'm getting it all done.
0: You are going to school at Rockford University? Yes, I am. All right. So she came here to Northbrook for the special presentation of her being in the Army, which is amazing. Uh, Congratulations and thank you for your services. Everybody appreciates that.
1: Thank you,
0: thank you. And I'm just saying everybody, but the stands were packed with, from fifth to eighth grade students. There was 10 to 12 honorary guests on the side, me Mm -hmm. included, your dad was there, uh, police officers, high school coaches and teachers. Uh, was there a policeman that was sitting next to me?
1: Yes, I think so. And then my my college softball coach was here, my roommates came, and it was just, it was great.
0: So it was like a Riley celebration. <laughs>
1: yeah, basically.
0: <laughs> but again, thank you very much.
1: Yes, of course.
0: So the reason we've talked a million times is because of softball. Yes. Uh, you played other sports, but softball was your go-to. Oh,
1: most definitely. The other sports, they were just there to keep me in shape. <laughs> <laughs>
0: graduated in 18 yes from Mendota yes so your freshman year I remember it was you and Mary wackelin mm-hmm. and Mary Wackelin was already known as a home run hitter she was hitting dingers. she was a great offensive player and then all of a sudden there's this freshman on the roster who I think by like halfway through the season already had three or four home runs
1: yes actually me and Mary had a competition that year it was between her and I and I did beat her by two, but yeah, no. It was I didn't expect to do that well my freshman year, but I did set the bar high, so I needed to continue that throughout my high school career and I feel like I did a decent job at that.
0: And I believe it was that year that she was the news tribune softball yes, player. She of the was. Year.
1: She was, yes.
0: So let's fast forward. Your sophomore year, you're getting better. You're, getting better. you're pitching more. Mm-hmm. You're, I think your home runs went down, but yeah. I think you were asked to do more offensively.
1: Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yes.
0: Junior year, you're getting back in the rhythm. You're still pitching a ton. You were pretty much Mendota's lone pitcher for your last three years. Yes, I was. Then we get to your senior year, and you exploded even more than you had before. You were the News Tribune player of the year. I actually got to write the story. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. And you led Mendota to their first ever regional championship just talk about that feeling
1: oh god the feeling is undescribable I going into the game I was like if we do this like that's gonna be crazy like first of all it was graduation day so I was like how great would it be to win a regional championship first time ever in the school and then go to graduation and be able to tell not only the school but everyone that came that that happened that we did that and so during the game I wasn't nervous and I wasn't scared because I like I had a feeling that we were gonna do it, that we were gonna do this. Morgan and I, Morgan was my catcher after Mary left, so my sophomore, junior, senior year. And we, we had such a bond, we told each other, before we graduated high school, we were gonna win a regional championship. And we knew it didn't happen freshman, sophomore, or junior year, so it had to be senior year. And so going into the game, we just, we were going all out because we wanted it so bad, and then when I threw that last pitch, to end the game and Morgan and I ran up to each other and hugged like it was it was amazing I don't know it was just undescribable really ah, it was great
0: and Morgan Marquez she was a I can't remember if it was first team or second team but she was an all area. yes team she too. was yes she was she was she was pretty awesome as mm-hmm. well you guys made a great one two combo
1: we we got each other so well like we didn't have to say words we just had to look at each other and we knew what we wanted what we were talking about if you if one of us messed up and so yeah we we did that.
0: Definitely. Don't mean to like breeze past the high school softball and stuff like that, oh, but good. what you're doing now is monumental. Not that the high school wasn't because you were a great player yeah. and you'll never forget the high school years. But so you decided to go to Rockford University. Why did you decide to pick that school? Is it because it was close?
1: Um, so I wanted to leave my, I wanted to leave home just like to be on my own for a little bit, but I didn't want to be too far because I wanted to be come back when I could. So I was like, oh, Rockford, that's not far or whatever. And I was going to be given the opportunity to play softball. And other schools I would have too, but I knew I was going to play here. I knew I was going to be able to help the team. And the biggest thing that actually got me to go there was Josh Keener, the softball coach. He worked so hard recruiting me. He came to so much stuff for me. He was so supportive. And I just his I just love him. He's a great coach. He's a great person to talk to. And honestly, I can't see myself playing for anyone else right now.
0: Awesome. And what are your responsibilities for that softball team? Are you still pitching and hitting, or what are you doing Um. With?
1: So last year I struggled a little bit with my hitting because of how much time I did take off. So I, towards the middle to end, I told him. I said, I think you should take me out of the lineup so I can focus on the pitching aspect of it because we had other hitters that could take my spot. But this year I'm still going to be the, pit, the number one pitcher, or I'm gonna, that's going to be my role mainly. And then I'm wor- I've been working on my batting. I've been in the cages, and I'm trying to get that back going again. And then I'm also working on third base as well.
0: Awesome. So you're still the ace. Yes. Was like I'm always the ace. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> if there's anybody that does not have a big head. But like I had wrote for the write-out if she was just doing the, the presentation. Mm-hmm. Like you had never had a big head. It was all about your team first, things like that. Yeah, and most I can definitely. see it in all aspects of your life which is amazing. Mm -hmm. So what, real quick before we jump back into the army, because I definitely want to, you know, focus on that. Yeah. Uh, What are you going to school for at Rockford?
1: I'm going for criminal justice because once I get my degree, I want to go to the police academy to hopefully become a police officer.
0: Awesome. Would you want to do that around here? Or? Oh, no.
1: I want to go somewhere warm. <laughs> Definitely somewhere warm.
0: Said that quickly, as it is November, what's the day, the 11th? Uh,
1: yes, and it, we got how much snow last night? Too much.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's snowy, it's cold, it's windy. Yeah. I can understand why you wouldn't want to be a cop here. Yeah. No. <laughs> but great profession, and I hope everything works yes, out with you.
1: thank that. you. Thank you.
0: So not only are you a full-time student and you're on the softball team, you are also a member of the military in Army. How does that work while you're in college? Are you in the ROTC program?
1: Um, actually, Rockford does not have the ROTC program. So what I do, I'm in the Army Reserves. So one weekend each month, I will go up to my unit, which is in Madison, Wisconsin. It's either two or three days, and I'll do Army stuff there. Like, it's like my, it's called a drill weekend. So what we do, we're like a mini hospital like an aid station type deal. So if we were to get deployed, we would set up an aid station to where we would have these tents and then gurney or stretcher type deal. So so when we brought the patients back, we could take care of them there. And I'm in the ambulance platoon, so I would be the one to go out and like on the calls for the casualties, do what I can on scene while they're in the ambulance, do what I can and bring them back to the aid station and then go back out. And so I do that one weekend every month, and then in the summer I go for two weeks at a time.
0: And what made you decide to get into the Army? That's not for everybody, obviously.
1: No, yeah. um, A big big thing for me was having to pay for college. And I figured this would be a good opportunity to help me with that. But then while making that decision, I was like, this would be a great opportunity for me to get physically prepared for what I want to do for my future job as a police officer, for um, mentally prepared, definitely for life in general, and then just learning how this side of things are. I just felt like it it would help me greatly in the future.
0: So what is your uh, MOS?
1: I am a 68 Whiskey, which is a combat medic.
0: And if you don't know, MOS is like your job title in the military. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, I was actually in the, the National Guard while I was in high school. Oh, really? But I got into a car accident, and I was medically oh, discharged. Okay. But I was an 88 Mike, so I was a truck, truck driver. Truck driver. I was a truck driver. Yep. Lasted about two years. Okay. Yeah. Then right after I graduated, I got uh, discharged.
1: Hmm.
0: Not a lot of people know that. Now they're going to. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I'm sorry for that.
0: Ah, <laughs> no, it was, it was my fault, so it happens. So where did you do, because I was listening to your speech out there, and we'll get more into to that presentation. I uh-huh. kind of wanted to, to back up and like let no, everybody yeah, know who Riley is. Yeah. So why did you decide to get into like that kind of MOS and to kind of go into that field? Because you're talking about... Vanessa Gomez, please come to the office. Vanessa Gomez, please come to the office. We are still in Northbrook <laughs> School, <laughs> and the PAs are still working well. I'm going to leave that on there. Gomez, <laughs> get to the office, or wherever you got to go. Oh, That was great. So why did you decide to pick that field? And you're talking about being a police officer, you know, when you get out of the military and then you want to do this stuff. Um, It seems like it all kind of like meshes together.
1: Yeah, definitely. So in the military, there is a policing job, but where I was initially placed as my unit, there was not any openings for that. So 68 Whiskey, combat medic was one of them. And there was a couple others, but I was like, that sounds very interesting. Like, When I was younger, I wanted to be an athletic trainer, but then I switched. Like, I decided not to do that anymore, but like, I still had a little bit of interest in it. If I'm slightly interested in that, like, why not take it? Why not try it? I can use those skills I learned down there for everything, like, everyday life. I can use the medical skills I used, and then I have my EMT certification if I wanted to get into that before I continue for the police academy.
0: So, in other words, you are training yourself to be a superhero without superpowers.
1: <laughs> I mean, if you want to put it in those words.
0: I am. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's what it sounds yeah. like. But that is amazing. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Thank to see you. you come from a freshman softball player to where you are now in the camo, hair in a ponytail, ready yeah. to go to you know, do whatever you have to do, it's, it's great to see. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad that you're doing things that you like to do, but that are very important yes. to c- the community and societies and stuff like that. Thank you. Thank it's, you. It's awesome. Speaking of community, you were asked to, I don't know how they went about it or.
1: She actually con- or contacted me and asked if I would be interested in coming back to talk to the school. And I said, yes, I sh-. that was a while back. And I said, yes, I would be interested. And then a couple of weeks ago, she contacted me again. And she was like, just wondering, like, if you're still interested. And I said, yes, of course, like, I would definitely love to do that. And so actually I started writing my speech on Friday and I finished at midnight last night. So I was definitely interested the whole time. I just love to procrastinate as well. But I got it done and I felt like it went well. So
0: I think it went really well. Yeah. And you have an excuse to procrastinate. You got a lot going on.
1: Yeah. yeah I'm you very busy. Got a lot going on.
0: You <laughs> kind of talked about, you know, the speech before the speech actually took place. Is it weird even though you know it's fifth to eighth grade students, and people that you know and love, and even me, you've talked to quite mm-hmm. a few times. Is it still weird being a public speaker in front of a mic and, and things like that?
1: Oh, I was so nervous. So my legs were shaking the whole time. I thought I was going to pass out, but I got through it. <laughs> I got through it. I was sweating, but it's okay. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't necessarily weird. It was just, I was very nervous, but I always get nervous for those things. I don't know.
0: And Before you spoke, um, she had asked all of us to you know make a write up and, and things that of your past or things that we've seen of you doing like military characteristics. Um, characteristics. Yeah, characteristics like values. That, yeah, values. So duty, uh, selflessness, integrity, things like that. Mm-hmm. And I was one of them and the 11 to 12 of the people on the sideline sounds like they had all wrote stuff like that. When she's reading all these off and kind of putting the spotlight on you and saying all the great characteristics of, of you as Riley, mm-hmm. how did that make you feel knowing that people like that thought that way of you?
1: I was, my breath was taken away. I really didn't think that, that that's what so many people would say, like such a common thing, like that I was strong and that, I don't know, that I was, I was always just myself and like no one could change that. And honestly, I wanted to cry. Not going to lie. And then when she said that, Joel Perez, the story at the end about the sectional game, first of all, that is a sensitive subject, (laughs) but I started tearing up during that, and I was like, no, don't, like, you still have a whole speech to give. (laughs) But, yeah, no, I don't have words, honestly. Like, thank you, guys, I guess. that's
0: Joel Perez, Mendota softball coach, talking about, so after you guys won the first regional, you win a sectional semifinal. Mm-hmm. Do you remember who that was against?
1: Byron. Byron. 11-0. <laughs> which had,
0: it felt, a good feeling. It was
1: amazing. Because they're amazing. in the Big
0: Northern Conference with Mendota, yes. and that's not a rivalry, but Byron's pretty much good in every sport. Yes, So to yes. get a win over them in the playoffs, that had to feel great.
1: It, it sure did.
0: <laughs> so then you go against local opponent, not in the same conference, smaller school, but you know when it's local, anybody in the Illinois Valley that you're playing, everybody knows everybody Definitely. or family members of a player or you've met these players in summer camps or something like that. Mm-hmm. So you go up against St. B, lose 3-2.
1: Oh, Heartbreaking.
0: I just saw the look on your face. Yeah. It was like, why did you have to bring that up, Brandon? It's
1: okay. <laughs> we can talk about it.
0: <laughs> the, the speech that you're talking about, Prez was like, kid who had made a couple mistakes or allowed a run or two to score in that in that loss three two loss instead of you know letting that person cry or you know be by themselves you walked up to him I don't know what player it was if you want to say who it was in a mm-hmm. so you walked up to Anna consoled her said hey I made a mistake too it wasn't just you you know we came in as a team, we lose as a team, mm-hmm. and that's what he was talking about. So just talk about that mentality. I kind of have been spotlight spotlighting on it, mm-hmm. but let's really get into it. I mean, whether it's softball or schoolwork or in the Army, seems like you always have a mentality to put, everything's a team, everything's a family, and yeah. it's not just about you.
1: Yeah, no, Anna Bocas doesn't, she doesn't normally play that position. And so she was put there, and we, everyone there knows she can play it well, but I feel like she was nervous and her being a sophomore starting varsity in a sectional championship I get that I was there I was there where she was and so I really needed her to know that it was fine it was okay it's not the end of the world yes we lost the game but it's not because of that we did not hit all game that could have been why we lost like I just wanted her to realize that it wasn't that it was not her fault and that she had two more years to play so I didn't want her to carry this on with her thinking she's the reason or that she thinks she's bad or anything because she's a great softball player she's a great person and I really just I wanted her to realize that what happened that game was not her fault it was everyone there It was a it's a team sport it's a team effort it's a team loss
0: to kind of let her know we're all humans yes it happens to the best of us yes if you hear me talking I stutter over words and I've been doing mm-hmm. this for 14 years yeah it's normal it happens every day mm-hmm. I guess that's a message we just gave a message to, to kids to people listening I to think so I think we did it was like message time
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it I love it
0: <laughs> is there anything you know moving forward you are so you're two
1: years into the army yes I am 2024 is 2024
0: when I'm done. so how long of a contract did you sign up for
1: I think it, I think it was an eight-year contract
0: is eight-year contracts the norm because usually I hear no. about four
1: for active duty it's shorter but since I'm in the reserves it is a longer contract
0: okay I don't think I've ever talked to anybody in the reserves before. To be really? completely honest with you, oh. I have uh, cousins in the Air Force and cousins in the Marines. Uh, me, my grandpa. Let me re- see. There's a mistake for me. My grandpa, my uncle, and I were all in the National Guard. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know. I didn't know how that worked. So you mm-hmm. sign up for an eight-year contract, and now uh, does that are you able to get deployed? Are they going to station you in um, another state? Like, no, what I it
1: definitely mean? do have a great chance of getting deployed because my unit is like. We're an aid station, but there's not very many of them. So we have a higher chance of getting deployed. So they say that I'm definitely gonna get deployed at least one time within my contract, but it could be more than that. It's just, I don't know when or where yet. So.
0: Is that something, you know, going into the, the military in any branch, you know, that could be something that possibly happens. Mm-hmm. Does that scare you? Does that worry you? Does that something that you've already thought about? Like, um, hey, I'm gonna take it as it comes.
1: No, I'm definitely going to take it as it comes, and thinking about it does scare me, but I am also excited for the opportunity to go out and use my skills and to help people and just to get so much more experience in life and travel. I mean, it's exciting and scary all at the same time. I just, I don't know. I yeah. won't know exactly how I feel until I am going through
0: it. So, till it happens. Yes, yeah. yes. So even though you're like in the, the ambulance and kind of like the medical wing, mm-hmm. You still, do you still walk around with a 16 or do you still um, have firearms we, with you yes, at all times? Yes,
1: we will. We will have firearms with us. They will be M16s.
0: Do, do you get, uh, like, while you're with your battle buddies and with your, your groups and your units and stuff, is there jokes about Call of Duty and, like, video games like that? Because now everybody thinks um, they're in the military.
1: When I was in training, we didn't have many jokes about that. But, I mean, people would talk about how they played and stuff, but okay. I don't think we had very many jokes about it. (laughs) That's probably a good
0: thing. (laughs) I don't know if that's something you joke around about while you're in the Army. Yeah,
1: I don't know. Yeah, I don't
0: know. That's why I asked. Yeah. Yeah, You never know. So now you're going to go back and try to crack a joke about Call of Duty? I think I might. You you might have I'll give you credit. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything you want to do in the Army, I'm not saying award-wise, or just something that you want to do to say that you did it? I mean, sometimes you go in thinking like, hey, I would love to be on the front lines, or hey, I would love to be in a helicopter going over a war, you know, a battlefield or just stuff like that. I mean, then obviously you don't want to be in these war Uh scenes, but sometimes some people get into it because they know that could happen.
1: Yeah, Um, well, my job being what it is, I feel like it would just feel great, like knowing that I saved this person's life or I saved this person's life or I helped someone else save this life. I just feel like knowing that and being able to do that would be an amazing feeling.
0: You mentioned this, in your speech earlier, uh-huh. the MREs, aren't oh. they fantastic?
1: They're trash. So at first, at first they weren't bad. I was like, oh, like, let's see how many different ones I can try, whatever. I think there's like 24 or whatever. There's probably more than that. But once you eat them every single day, three times a day, it's like, get me some grass or something. Because that would be better than this trash right now.
0: When I was a little kid, my grandpa would bring them home. And if my grandma and grandpa were watching me, that's what we'd have for lunch. And when I was a kid, I loved them. Mm-hmm. It's like,
1: it's like you know, a lunchable. lunchable. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, It's like a lunchable. Yeah. But then I got into the National Guard, and I had to eat them because I spent like two weeks in Springfield at a camp yeah. doing training, and uh, I did basic at Fort Leonard Wood.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You're eating these every day, and you're like, this isn't what I remember. Mm-hmm. These are gross. Yeah,
1: they're <laughs> disgusting.
0: And the Kool-Aid, I used to love the Kool-Aid.
1: Oh, the Kool-Aid. Can't do it. Someone says the word MRE, and I smell the boxes. I get the smell of the boxes from the word MRE. How sad is that?
0: I guess we should tell them what an MRE is. I don't remember the exact letters.
1: Meal ready something. I can't remember what yeah, the name is. It's,
0: it comes in like a little, it's like a green bag. It's a little of.
1: brown package. It's,
0: it's brown, brown package now? Yes. Okay, it used to be like a green like plastic like uh, So
1: the outside is the brown ones and then they have green individual packaging okay, on
0: the inside. Okay. Yeah. So I was sort of right. Yeah, like yeah. kinda close. Yeah. So it's kinda like a brown sorta kinda lunch bag uh-huh. with all kinds of I mean, I remember they give you little bottles of Tabasco sauce. Yeah,
1: if you were lucky. If you're lucky.
0: The crackers are really dry. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like the driest and they, crackers. There's no salt on them. No flavor. No flavor, no flavor oh my in this gosh. in this food at all. Yeah. yeah.
1: The best part I think I'm not a big peanut butter person, but I know everyone would go crazy over the peanut butter in the MREs. They'd be like, yo, give me your peanut butter. I'd be like, take it. I don't want
0: it. <laughs> and one other thing real quick. I know you got to go. You were talking about how cough drops were used as currency. You got to tell this oh story because it's, it's pretty interesting.
1: Okay. So obviously in basic training, you're not allowed candy. You're not allowed anything but water. And then like if you go to the DFAC, which is the dining facility, you can get juice and milk. But like no candy, no sweets, anything. So the only thing we were allowed were sugar-free cough drops. Before I went in, sugar-free cough drops were trash. You wanted the ones with sugar in right them. So now, once I was there, these families would send all kinds of cough drops, and you were only allowed one bag in the mail. So if you got one bag, or if you got two bags, you got to keep one, and then you gave one to someone. Once, some, once the other um, troops saw that you had an extra bag, oh my gosh, it was crazy. They literally would go insane. We were able to have cough drops, and we didn't, even if we weren't sick, we would eat them because they were literally candy for us. They were so good.
0: What kind of cough drops were these?
1: Um, definitely loved the strawberry cream breezers.
0: Those are the best.
1: Sugar-free, though. Oh, sugar-free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So
0: you guys are using them as currency to, like, hey. Yeah, so,
1: so we did this thing where, like, fire guard shifts, do you know what that is? Yeah. Where you had to keep watch at night. Say I had a two to four one, and I didn't want to do it, I'd be like, yo, you want 15 cough drops for my fire guard shift and they'd either say yes or no and like that was our money because we had no use for actual money while we were there and so we would use cough drops yeah and
0: that's like money
1: it was definitely more valuable than money there I think
0: well this has been a great veterans day yes with private first class Riley Klima I said your name right yes (laughs) For some odd reason, I always not want to say Klima.
1: A lot of people do. I know it's clima. Okay.
0: I know it's clima. <laughs> Thank you very much again for speaking with us, but not only that, for your services. And you still have six more years, so. Oh,
1: yeah. Yes. Thank you for talking to me.
0: Always. Anytime I get a chance to talk to you, I definitely will.
1: Sounds good. Awesome. Thank you.